أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله الأمين محمد بن عبد الله وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his allowance that we will come in this night in his house to remember him. But we all need to remember one thing, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without his permission, will not be here. So whatever we do, whatever we do in our life, we should always thank Allah for his allowance. You might think, well, it is me who's doing it, but I promise you, everything you choose to do in your life, without Allah's permission, it will never take place. It is Allah who will give you that permission, especially when it comes to his remembrance. Because he said, Adhkuruni, Adhkurkum. Once you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, however little you do, he will remember you. You remember him by being grateful, he will increase you in whatever you want to enjoy or indulge into in his remembrance. And whatever you give, he will give you more than what you have given. And anything that comes to your mind or to your heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Almighty is aware of. And therefore, there is nothing more important than the remembrance of Allah. People now are preparing themselves to travel to Hajj. Hajj, literally meaning to travel from the position in the place and the time that you live in to the place Allah has ordained to be the place whereby his highest of remembrance will take place. The journey from where you are to the place where Allah has chosen that the place of remembrance of the highest position you will come to so that you can remember him there. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا أفضتم من عرفات فذكروا الله كذكركم آباءكم If you come down from the plane of Arafah, then you must remember to remember Allah as you are always remembering your fathers or your parents. And this is something to tell us that the ideal of Hajj is to remember Allah. In the same way, the ideal of Salah is to remember Allah. Allah said, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا قضيت الصلاة فانتشروا في الأرض واذكروا الله ذكرا كثيرا. If the salah is completed, then rush out and go to your business, do your jobs that you are doing, carry out your activities, but remember, to remember Allah as much as you can. What does that mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained the salah for his remembrance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained hajj, and hajj, by the way, is arafah. If you go to hajj and you do not, spend time in Arafah, you have no hajj. You have no hajj. So when you go to hajj, the outcome of your hajj is to remember Allah. Even fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed it so that we can remember him. Okay? And when he says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Perhaps you will be able to avoid that which I have forbidden or disliked. You will never be able to forbid yourself from the haram or the makruh the forbidden and disliked, only if you remember Allah. And therefore, 
in Ramadan, the Prophet وسلم, encourages a companion to do the highest form of dhikr, which is the recitation of the Quran. We recite the Quran in our prayers. We recite the Quran after our prayers or before our prayers. We recite the Quran in the Taraweeh. We recite the Quran in the Tahajjud. Everybody is trying to complete the Quran many, many times. Allah says in the Quran, we have indeed revealed the dhikr, which is the Quran. Because when you recite it, you are remembering Allah. Allah says, when you complete the salah, scatter on this earth, but remember Allah. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you come down from the plain of Arafah, remember Allah as much as you remember your parent or your fathers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when you are fasting, okay, avoid the haram and the forbidden. And this is something that very, very important for somebody who really wants to be closer to Allah. You can never determine your position with Allah, but he can determine it for you. The only measurement you have is how much you are remembering him. And therefore, he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the hadith al-Qudsi, okay, whosoever tries to come to me a hand span, a distance of a hand span, okay, I will come to him a distance of an arm, okay, length. And whosoever tries to come to me a distance of an arm length, okay, I will come to him, okay, a distance of a span of your legs traveling from one space to another. And whosoever try to come to me walking, I will come to him rushing. And whosoever try to come to me rushing, I will come to him running. So what does that mean? It means the more you do for Allah, the more he will do for you. Azkuruni, azkurkum. Remember me, then I will remember you. Washkuru li, wala takfurun. And always show gratitude to me. And never deny me. The denial of Allah is by the denial of his favors. And never complain. And never show discontent in the condition you are in. Because if you are discontented with what you are facing, as if you are questioning Allah. <coughs> and Allah cannot be questioned. He said in the Quran, It is he, Allah, who cannot be questioned. But his creation, or his creatures, his people, can be questioned. He created them. He gave them a direction. He guided them. He sent them the message and the messengers. He gave them everything to keep them. And therefore, they must remember to thank him all the time. So here comes the dhikr. This dhikr, according to subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the greatest that you can do for yourself. As I said just now, all act of worship is to lead you to do the dhikr. But that does not mean if you are absolutely a dhakir, a man or a woman who remembers Allah a lot, in every breath you take in and every breath you take out, you are remembering Allah, that does not take you away from doing the five pillars of Islam. If you meet somebody who says, because I am now in a position of remembering Allah at all times, whether I am awake or asleep, walking or sitting, okay, running, climbing or declining, whatever, I am always remembering Allah, so I don't need to pray, escape away from them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never sent a messenger and given him a responsibility, and then told him to leave it. The responsibility for the Muslim is the five pillars of Islam. 
الشهادتين الصلاة الزكاة الفاستنج and the حج they must be done by all who are Muslims who are grown up who are sane and who are able and the most important of them is the Salah for Allah says in the Quran أقيم الصلاة لذكري establish the Salah so that you can remember me أقيم الصلاة لذكري establish the Salah so that you can remember me or for my remembrance so now people ask what is dhikr and how do we do dhikr what is dhikr and how do we do go about doing dhikr dhikr is remembrance in the sense of mentioning the name of Allah in whatever format that he ordained or his messengers or his messenger Muhammad has ordained now that dhikr according to the Prophet is the recitation of the Quran is the recitation of certain verses of the Quran is the recitation of At-Tahleel which is La ilaha illallah At-Tazbih with all its format, which is Subhanallah. At-Ta'weed, which is seeking refuge in Allah. A'udhu billahi min. I seek refuge in Allah from. Al-Hawqala, la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliya al-azim. There is no power nor will, only by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hazbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Our Savior is Allah and He is sufficient for us. All these are taken from the Quran. And all those askar, the Prophet was taught because Prophet before him has said them or Allah wanted his ummah to be mentioning him by that. And Allah said in the Quran, one of the format of the zikr is the mention of the names of Allah. For Allah are the best names, so call him by those names. And the Prophet said, for Allah there are 99 names. Whosoever mentions them, and call Allah upon them, and try to live his life through them, and conduct himself according to the conduct of those names, definitely paradise will be for him. تخلقوا بأخلاق الله is the hadith of Rasulullah conduct yourself with the conduct of Allah through his attribute okay ولله تزعن وتزعين اسم من أحصاها دخل الجنة and for Allah there are 99 names whosoever memorize them and use them to call upon Allah to support him I remember Allah through them Allah will give him inshallah a place in paradise okay so this the dhikr and how we can do the dhikr how do we go about doing dhikr? Should we make dhikr by our heart? Should we make dhikr by our mind? Should we make dhikr by our tongue? Should we make dhikr by our actions? In the way we speak? How can we make dhikr? According to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the dhikr that is mentioned by the tongue, such as the recitation of the Quran, the verses of the Quran, the statement that come from the Quran or from the Sunnah, like the Tazbih, the Tahmeed, and the Hawqala, all those things, and the names of Allah must be mentioned by the tongue. That's why Rasulullah in the hadith says, okay, وَجْعَلْ لِي لِسَانًا And allow me to have a tongue that will always be mentioning your name or remembering your name, O oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then Allah has taught the Prophet in the Quran, 
and in the hadith al-Qudsi, the noble statement of Allah, how that dhikr can be. يتدعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تجهر بصلاتك ولا تخافت بها وابتغي بين ذلك سبيلا do not scream or shout okay when you are praying the recitation of the remembrance of Allah neither keep it totally silent but choose a middle way and hence when it comes to the salah itself the ulama have all agreed so the salah comes into salatul layl or salatul nahar, the prayer of the night and the prayer of the day. The prayer of the night is maqrib, isha, and fajr. And these three prayers, we pray them aloud. In maqrib, the first two raga'ahs, in isha, the first two raga'ahs, and in fajr, the two raga'ahs of fajr. We pray aloud. That meaning, if you are reading aloud, to, to allow people around you to hear you. And the lowest of the loud is to make sure that you are hearing what you are reading. And the prayer of the day, Dhuhr and Asr, should be read silently. However, that should not be by thinking about it in your mind or scanning it through your mind or whispering it in your heart because it cannot be quantified or measured. How do we do that? By the motion of the tongue. Hence, Allah said to the Prophet in the Quran, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به. When Jibreel used to recite it for him in his heart, he was trying to read it with him. Allah said, do not move your tongue so that you can rush it. Let it go first into your heart, then you can recite it by your tongue. لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به. إنا علينا جمعه وقرآنه. It is upon us who have revealed it unto your heart of Muhammad to put it into your heart properly, and then your recitation will come. If you look at today's way of memorization, we try to remember by motion of the tongue. We repeat things. Whatever we are memorizing, this is the way we do it, to remember. But in the case of Rasulullah, his memorization was not by moving his tongue. It's by being totally silent. Not to use his mind, and to open his heart to allow the Quran. Allah said in the Quran, I'udhu billahi minta rajim, nadhala bihi ala qalbika ar-ruha al-ameen. The trusted spirit, Jibreel alayhi salam, which we call ar-ruha al-ameen, has come down with it into your heart. So when he used to embrace him, he was putting it direct. Just like today, when we are doing a, a fast recording, okay? Straight away from, or taking a scan, or taking a picture. Okay, taking it from one body to another, and putting it there. Then you can use it thereafter. So here, in this sense, the Quran is there. So the Prophet was encouraged to keep silent while it is put in his heart, but thereafter, he must move his tongue to read it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the hadith, okay, whosoever remember me within himself, I will remember him within myself. Whosoever remember me within himself, I will remember him within myself. Meaning, if you do something silently, Allah will do it for you in his own way to be equivalent to what we did. And whosoever remember me in a congregation, I will remember him in a better congregation. And the remembrance of Allah in a congregation must be allowed. It cannot be done silently. To prove this, 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported in the Sahih Hadith that whenever he used to finish his prayer, the dhikr after the salah, he would always do loud. There is no second opinion on this. There is one opinion. You want to know? Open the book of Adhkar Mab'ad al-Salah, the book of the dhikr after the prayer in Kitab al-Bukhari. The most truthful book after the Quran in the collection of the noble hadith of Rasulullah and you read hadith number 802 or 803 reported by Anas ibn Malik. That there is no way if you want to follow the sunnah after you finish your salah the dhikr the Prophet used to do you used to do aloud. Anas ibn Malik said كُنَّا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَلَّمُ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّ صَلَاةَ رَسُولَاتِ قَدْ انْتَهَتْ بِسَمَعِنَا لِلذِّكْرِ جَهْرًا we used to know while we were living with the Prophet that the Prophet has completed his prayer in the mosque when we are rushing to go to the mosque when we hear the adhkar recited aloud. So this is the sunnah proven in the book of Bukhari. And this is the dhikr. So you can do it, okay, in yourself. You can do it in a jama'ah. You can do it silently. You can do it loudly the way it is. However, when we come to the format of the hadra, like what we do here, in our time, okay, you can find it everywhere. But in the early generation, it wasn't done. Although, although the remembrance of Allah in a congregation other than after the salah or the other time the Prophet used to do was done in the time of Rasulullah and reported okay, in the Sahih Muslim Okay, in Kitab al-Dhikr. If you look at Kitab al-Dhikr in Sahih Muslim, you find one of the longest hadith about dhikr when Rasulullah came out of his majlis or his house with his wives, okay, and rushed into the mosque and found, okay, Amr ibn al-As, or sorry, Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, sitting, and he was surrounded by companions and they were chanting. And the moment he arrived, they stopped. And he asked them, what makes you be silent? They didn't say anything. What were you doing? And when they told him, we were chanting the remembrance of Allah together because we enjoy repeating it, he said, by Allah Almighty God, I have not come okay, to tell you off for what you have been doing or to say anything other than that Jibreel السلام, has come to me to say to me, those who are gathered in your mosque, O Muhammad وسلم, chanting our remembrance, okay, indeed, we are pleased with them. For indeed, no one will pass them by and sit with them and will be written in the book of Allah unhappy, will be happy. They are the people whom whoever sits with them will never be unhappy. And another hadith about the dhikr, it is said that the malaika will come and surround that those, those people who are making the dhikr and then when they finish, the malaika will make a dua to Allah to forgive them and then they will say because Allah will forgive hadith sahih get up okay you have been indeed forgiven and your bad deed has been exchanged to good deeds there are many of saying this the hadra that we do today was established initially by one of the greatest scholars of Islam, 
who have established this hadra in Baghdad is called Ahmed al-Rifai. I always say to him Ahmed al-Rifai al-Kabir because there are two of them, one in Egypt and one in Baghdad. Ahmed al-Rifai al-Baghdad al-Kabir, <coughs> he is one of the greatest scholars who have established the remembrance of Allah in the hadra that we do because he realized the people of Baghdad in his time are becoming a little bit orientated towards the dunya. When people think about pleasure and womanizing and drinking and having fun and dancing, we're not establishing those things new. Everything we do today, it used to be before, and in many cases we're copying the same thing. People are dancing now, they used to dance then. People are mixing women, men and women together and drinking and doing all the things, they used to do it. In the time of Musa, in the time of Ibrahim salam, every time, this is, oh, this is sunnah Allah on the earth. These things happen. We're not bringing anything new. But the format of doing it and the method, maybe the word that we use, the instrument are different. But it's the same thing. So he realized in the city people are becoming distant from the mosque. So he wants to gather them. So he took them outside the city and he established the Hadra. What's the Hadra? The Hadra literally meaning the presence. The presence of what? of the Creator Almighty. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated, remember me, I will remember you. They said, because people are remembering Allah, then definitely, Allah, if they focus on His remembrance, He is present with them. So that we must focus on the dhikr. And understand the meaning of the dhikr. Now, what about the motion? We understand that the wording, the slogan that we say, is there since the Prophet's time. What about the motion? The motion is established by him and the scholars who came after him by seeing in their own visions, by seeing in their own openings with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how the malaika are remembering Allah. And reflecting upon what the Prophet said when he came back from the heaven, and he said, I have never seen a heaven when I was traveling in the night okay, of Mi'raj, the glorious night, okay, the journey by night to the heaven. Only a malak or an angel is standing in a place remembering Allah. Either standing or sitting or reclining or rotating or jumping or flying everywhere. There is motion. And the first hadra, in fact, that they established in the remembrance of Allah by saying La ilaha illallah, it's like the tawaf. The, the hadra moves. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. People move. The reason behind that is to show the oneness of Allah and the unity of Allah. For the circle is ever, okay, lasting, complete. If you draw any other shape, okay, the line will never come back to its origin, except when you are drawing the circle. But the line will come to the position that it began in. And therefore, this is the reason of the Tawaf, to show the oneness, the unity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the people in the Hadra do the motion of moving to the right and then moving to the left, the idea is, when we say la ilaha, as if to say, Anything beside Allah in our heart, we are removing. 
الا الله except for Allah we keep in our heart la ilaha illa Allah okay the same thing la there is nothing in my heart ilah pointing to the one okay within the heaven illa Allah except Allah he is in my heart this comes because Allah says qalbu al-abdi arshur rahman qalbu al-abdi arshur rahman the heart of the servant is the throne of the creator. So if your heart is filled with the remembrance of Allah, perhaps Allah will fill your heart with his love. And when you love Allah, then Allah will love you. And when Allah loves you, definitely you have nothing to worry about. For indeed those whom Allah loves, they have been saved from the torment of the hellfire and they have been prepared for something wonderful to come in the day of judgment, insha'Allah. Now, then people might say, okay, we understand all that. What about in the hadra that we hear sometimes, we don't understand what is being said. The dhikr, to remove the veil of the heart, explained absolutely beautifully by Imam al-Ghazali. When he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, indeed, one nafs is always commanding him to do that which is evil. Indeed, the nafs will always command one to do that which is evil. He said, the best way to remove a person from the evil is by bringing the light in, or the goodness in. And the word of good is la ilaha illallah. Al-Kalima al-Tayyiba, the word of good, is La ilaha illallah. In some words, they say Al-Kalima al-Hilwa, the sweet word. If your tongue can get used to it, and then it's translated into your heart, it will clean your heart. And therefore they say, unless a person finds the sweetness of remembering La ilaha illallah, and he can never stop saying it, he will never find the sweetness of Iman. You must say it, keep it. Keep saying La ilaha illallah as much as you can. Never remove yourself from it. About the companions, because they used to say it all the time, Allah said, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَأَلْزَمَهُمْ كَلِمَةَ التَّقْوَى Okay? وَكَانُوا أَهْلَهَا وَأَحَقَّ بِهَا And he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, has made them fame in remembering him through this beautiful word, La ilaha illallah, meaning the companion here, all the time. Why? Because they were the people of La ilaha illallah. And they were the most deserved of saying La ilaha illallah. They are the best of people. Because they lived with the Prophet. He said, Khairul Quruni Qarni. The best of the people who lived are those who lived with me. Then those who follow them, then those who follow them, and so on. When we measure ourselves through the time, we're far away from them. But if we can manage to keep La ilaha illallah, then we have achieved the best of the thing. And we might be closer to him, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So this is the first thing, la ilaha illallah. Imam al-Ghazali then says, if the person then is being moved from a position and he managed to get this evilness from his nafs, the next is to remember al-Mufrad, the one name that no other will have but him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is Allah. We call it al-Mufrad, the name that is only for Allah. 
no other name, okay, other than Allah, is given singly to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only Allah. You cannot name anything Allah. Or no one can be named Allah. But all other names can be given as attributes. Because this is the absolute name. Ismul Zat al-Aliyya. The name of the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah. Okay? And that name, once the person begins to remember it and to repeat it, if he had reached to move from his heart that which will make it easier, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it to a position whereby it will begin to appreciate and to realize and to know the right from the wrong and to feel regret when it falls into the wrong. The first one does not feel the regret until there come a time when it moves to the next stage whereby it begins to understand which direction to take. It will know where the light is and it will avoid the darkness and the evil. Okay? And that is where inspiration comes into the heart. And that's the beginning of the good journey. There the person then is straight away the name that comes in is who. And who, meaning the one who is always present and never absent. Hadr, la yaqib, who. One of the names of Allah, that means he is always present and never absent. And then, once a person is firm in that, and then removed to the next stage, he will come to the name that will define the future that will be absolutely wonderful, which is the name true or real for everything you see everything you know is indeed false <coughs> the only ultimate reality is Allah we are seeing things because we don't see the reality if we see the reality we don't see anything and in the state of the spiritual journey of humans, I don't want to speak about it because this is another topic, is called maqamul mahu, the station of diminishing everything. That means you see nothing but Allah. But can you see Allah? That's the question need to be answered. Okay? Can you see him? Imam Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda, he was asked, have you seen your law? هل رأيت ربك يا علي؟ قال كيف أعبد إلها أو ربا لم أراه؟ How can I worship a deity or a god that I don't see? I don't need to explain, but this is what he said, and he is the most knowledgeable among the companions. رضوان الله عليهم أجمعين. Then the reality comes in entering into the last zones of traveling to Allah, Allah in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة O you Okay? Tranquil soul. That's the station of tranquility. If the person enters into that stage. يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة Okay? O you tranquil soul. Tranquility in the heart allows the person to be absolutely appreciating of everything. Everything. If you are sick, you are happy. If you win, you are happy. If you lose, you are happy. But nothing matters because you see nothing but Allah. Okay? And that where the name of Allah as mentioned by Imam al-Ghazali, al-Hay, the living. 
the one who's alive because everything is dead. The one from whom all living extend their life. Without that, there is no living. MashaAllah, Allah gave him an inspiration and an understanding to understand the use of those names. So when he took the name Al-Hay, he said, Ya Hayyu, O you who is alive or living, where there was nothing alive in his kingdom and his presence, nothing. And there will come a day when the same thing will happen. And in that day, he will ask the question, Liman al-mulk al-yawm, to whom the kingdom belong today? But there is nobody to answer. There is nothing to answer. Where the answer will come from? From himself. He will say, Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. To the one. Okay? To the one, Allah Almighty. Okay? Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. To Allah, the one, okay, the dominant. Nobody else but him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the first and the last. The hidden and the apparent. And to do anything, he is most capable. And if we strive, the strive of the Zakreen, we can reach that position. That's what we need to do. A baby is born. And his physical journey resembles exactly the journey that a person needs to take spiritually. <coughs> when a child in his mother's tummy, maybe he's complete and alive and eating and drinking, but he is blind about the world outside. Any one of us, without, okay, without the knowledge, we're blind to the truth. So once the child is born, his journey begins. And the first thing Allah will allow him to hear. And the second thing Allah will allow him to see. And the third thing Allah will allow him to move his arms or his hand, to begin to hold. You hold, he will hold your finger, he will hold your hand, and, and he will hold very tight, a little baby, but he will hold very tight because this is now his ability. Then he will move his legs. Then he will sit upright. Then he will crawl. Then he will stand. Then he will take a step and fall. A step and fall. And two and three and fall until he is able to walk. Then he will begin. You see little babies, they run. They begin to run, rush around. And their parents running after them so that they don't fall or harm themselves. Because it's new to them. Then they grow. And then they begin to run properly. The same journey in the physical world it must happen in the spiritual world. So, Ya ayyatuha nafsa al-mutma'inna, O you tranquil soul, irji'i ila rabbiki radiya. Return to your Lord, accepting. Everything, accepting. So when the person reaches that position, nothing will matter. You take the person, put him in the fire, the fire will not harm him. You take the person and throw him from the height, Nothing will happen to him. You take a knife and stab the person, <coughs> nothing will happen to him. Because he is now accepting the will of Allah. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no will, no power, only by Allah. Okay? And here, 
comes Al-Qayyum, the eternal Al-Qayyum. Very, very powerful name. And in this position and this station, the person really enjoys understanding and appreciating where he is. And then Allah said, once that is happening, Mardiya meaning accepted by Allah. Once a person is being accepted so that he cannot return back to his origin because we're humans. We make mistakes so that you don't feel arrogant about yourself. The dhikr then become al-qahar. Okay? Al-qahar, the destroyer. Okay? So that you want the qahar or the destruction, not to be for anybody or anything, but to the desire within your nafs to do that which Allah is, will be displeased with. Powerful name, Al-Qahar. In fact, one of the greatest mashayikh, Muhammad ibn Abdul Karim al-Samman, has written a beautiful, يعني, like a small dissertation about this name and its beauty. Because once you feel that your nafs is beginning to see itself, you are entering into the danger zone, the zone of Iblis. Okay? When Allah asks him, what makes you refuse to listen to my instruction or Iblis and bow or prostrate to Adam? What made you refuse to prostrate for Adam? And Allah said about him in another verse, Abba was takbar. He refused and acted with arrogance. Iblis refused to prostrate for Adam and acted with arrogance. With all his knowledge and the amount of worship that he has done in the dhikr of Allah. And no one can do like him. Not for a short period, but for a long period. For one reason. <coughs> Saying, no, I'm not prostrating for him. You created him from the mud, but I am better. I am created from the fire. Seeing oneself is a destruction to one good ability of reaching the stage of being accepted by Allah. And therefore, you need to oppress your nafs. Even if you are not among the dhakirin or being taken through this journey, whenever you find yourself in a position of arrogance, you might say, what? It doesn't happen. It happens. You are writing your CV and you are asked to write about yourself. You are sitting in an interview and you are asked to speak about yourself. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ يَسْمَعْ وَيَرَى For it is He, Allah Almighty, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, the Lord of the heaven and the earth, is with you wherever you might be. Yesma'u, he listens to what you say. Wayara, and he sees what you do. Never think of the people in front of you and try to show them off or try to act, okay? In a way whereby there is only them. But Allah is always there. وَمَا مِنْ نَجْوَى ثَلَاثَةٍ إِلَّا وَهُوَ رَابِعُهُمْ Whenever there is Three, sitting, discussing, talking, debating, only Allah is their fourth. Four, only Allah is their fifth. And so on. Always 
Think of Allah. See Allah in what you want to do and what you want to say. If it is good, seek his permission and ask his support. If it is bad, refrain and fear his torment and his punishment. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now then, if the person in that position, his nafs is being kept at bay, okay, then straight away you enter into the position of your nafs returning to its original state when Allah created you pure. And now you enter into the position of jalal. Okay? And the dhikr then becomes jaleel. Okay? Jaleel. And it is one of the most finest and most beautiful name that you can call Allah upon. <coughs> it is simple and it is easy. Okay? And that is where the person then begin to understand and appreciate. And subhanallah, once that position is established, a person returns back again to the realization that there is nothing but him and the can become wahid. The one. From la ilaha illallah you began to come to the end. Wahid. And this is the highest form then for that state. If you try it any other state, it doesn't work. People say, now if I want to travel this journey, can I just write those things and do them myself and every time move on? Just like, well, when you suddenly feel ill, you diagnose yourself and you go to the chemist and buy whatever medicine and you just try to take it the way you want. Doesn't work that way. Why? Because Allah said in the Quran, Ar-Rahman, your sustainer, your nourisher, your creator almighty, if you want to know him, first I'll be khabira. If you want to reach him, if you want to know him, if you want to be close to him, ask someone who is experienced and know about him. When Sayyidina Musa السلام, wanted to get to Allah, Allah said to him in the Quran, You must find a corner. Here meaning a position of learning that is strong where you can maintain yourself and become the man that whom we want you to be. So that's the idea. Rasulullah made it easier. He said, Seek knowledge. All these things cannot come just from vacuum. It is through knowledge. Why? Because knowledge is light. Ignorance is darkness. Al-ilmu, nur, knowledge, is light. This is what Rasulullah taught us. And you need to get it and find it and strengthen. When Sayyidina Musa felt in his height and might, that he's the most aware and most knowledgeable, Allah said, no, you are not. Anyone who have knowledge, we have made somebody more knowledgeable than him. So no human being will ever say, I am the most knowledgeable. And Allah sent him to Khidr Who's Khidr is a man, but not in the same position like Musa, he's higher than him. But Allah said, Oh Musa, this one, we have taught him ourself. Who taught Musa? Shu'aib What's the difference? Subhanallah. What a difference. Somebody who's been taught by the dean of the college where he's studying and somebody who's been taught by just somebody who's newly graduated. Big difference. Somebody who have experience, somebody who So this is the idea. Alright? Of doing the dhikr. And moving. So therefore, when they started doing 
dhikr in the hadra and moving they do and there are different hadras of the people who did the dhikr people sometimes ask why are they different just like when you are doing a course not all courses that we study although they bring the same outcome as then are taught in the same way in different universities as well the certificate or the degree as that is the same the title is the same but the way you acquired your knowledge is different because of the environment and those who gave you the knowledge. So the same thing, the hadra. There is hadra that people walk around. There are hadra that people move from right to left. There are hadra that people go up and down and so on. That's the idea of the hadra. Now we come back to the name that we use in the dhikr and sometimes they are not really known. Not because people just are making noise. Because the dhikr can either be, as I said, loud, by the word you say through your tongue, or it could be by the breath you breathe in and out, or it could be hidden within your chest, as Ahmad al-Rifai said. So for example, la ilaha illallah, okay? La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, it could be So why? So that you are moving from the word to the breath. That's the idea. So that you can just, if, if you are sitting in a place whereby you don't want to say it loudly, you can just breathe it in and out. Now, if you don't want people sitting next to you to know what you are doing, then it moves to the chest. So you are breathing with your nose and you are saying it. Okay? Why I am telling you this? Because if you go and see people doing dhikr and but you don't understand what they are saying, you don't have any thought in your mind that is wrong. What are they saying? What are they doing? You should know. Because as I said, knowledge is light. You'll be aware of what people are doing for yourself as well. Okay? And there are different ways of doing the dhikr. There are different ways. I promise you, if you hear it, Different. One of the scholars of the past says, the malaika in the heaven, the way they do the dhikr is totally different from group to group. And each one you go to and you listen to is more beautiful than the other. We can't say, please prove it to us. Because we don't have, if you don't have a satellite dish at home, you can't say, I want to see what you are seeing in your home in my television. <laughs> Does it work? Doesn't work. If you don't have it, you can't have it. So you need to connect. How do we connect? That's the question. How do we connect? So my advice to everybody, in order for you to connect, is not how much you do. It's not how much strive you put on. It's how much you appreciate what you have and do it the way the Prophet ﷺ intended you to do it. And keep on. He said, The best of that which you do to Allah, that which is little, but regular. Regular. If a man is traveling in the desert, and he's thirsty, and they told him there's water here in this, and he dug two meters, and he's becoming tired and sweaty, he said, no, there's no water, I'm going to try, and, and he started digging another place here, another two meters here. After digging ten holes, how many meters he did? Twenty meters. Imagine if he dig in one place. Maybe about seven, eight meters he will find water. But because he is anxious, 
Why I'm saying this? Because I see today the younger generation are going all over fire. What are they looking for? Allah or that which will fulfill their desires to understand the hidden for their own purpose? What are you looking for? Are you looking for the karama? Are you looking for, okay, for the ability to see and to do things? It's not important. You shouldn't look for that. Because these things, by the way, are not achieved by what you do. These are gifts. These are gifts from Allah. When Allah wanted, through the dhikr I said, then Allah give you from himself. Allah will give it. Nobody else can give it to you. Then we come. All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to look around. I'm going to find a way. What shall I do? All right. You go out of your way. If you are doing it without understanding where to do, you stick to what the Prophet says. Every son of Adam is a sinner, but the best of them those who repent. Ya ayyuhannas, O you mankind, tubu ila rabbikum fa inni atubu ilay fil yawmu mi'at marra. Tend to your Lord and seek his forgiveness and repent unto him, for I tend to him every day a hundred times. So istighfar becomes the solution. Every Muslim must make istighfar. You don't need anybody to teach you. The Prophet gave you the prescription. What's the prescription? A hundred times. Minimum a day. It's from Rasulullah The second, after it, is salawat. He says, whoever makes salawat for me once, Allah will write it to him as if he said it ten. Whoever said it ten times, as if he said it a hundred times. Whoever said it a hundred times, as if he said it a thousand times. And whoever makes salawat for me a thousand times in his day, Anybody knows what Allah will do to you? Whosoever make a thousand salawat in his day, Rasulullah said, it is indeed upon me to solve the shame from the hell fire in the day of judgment. Wajibat alayhi shafa'ati. Wajibat. That means it's a must. I must solve that person. And the third thing, once you do those two things, is to clean the nafs, as I said early on, because that's the beginning. قال رسول الله صلى من قال في يومه لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير مئة مرة لم يكن هنالك خير منه إلا من زاد عليها whosoever says in his day لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير hundred times no one is better than him in that day only the one who increased it more than him this is the prescription from Rasulullah to every Muslim. So he gave you a prescription for istighfar. How many times? A hundred times. He gave you a prescription for salawat. It's not a hundred. It is one time, if you want, it is ten for you. Ten times, a hundred for you. A hundred times, a thousand for you. A thousand times. He says so, not me. So he gave you from one to a thousand. You and your strife. You and your ability. And remember, everything you do is in the mizan, is in the scale of acceptance or rejection, except for the salah for Rasulullah. Even if you said, Oh Allah, I'm not intending it, and you say it is accepted. That's the reality. That's the reality. And so you have to be very careful. And then La ilaha illallah, 100 times.
every Muslim who is aware and learning knowledge must do this. Plus your five daily prayers in their time with humility, plus the recitation of Quran every day. And the minimum Quran you should read every day is 55 verses of the Quran. You might say to me, but I can't read Arabic. Listen to them, somebody reciting them, and then read their meaning in English. Or in whatever language you can speak. This is where we come. After that, keep striving to look for somebody who can help you and support you to guide your life. Okay? People say, well, how do I find the right person to do that to me? That's not upon you. That's upon Allah to guide you. When Musa السلام, left Egypt, he didn't know that he's going to end up with Shu'ayb. He was just helping two girls. But subhanallah, you need to be wise enough to understand from that story, it is when you are doing good in helping others who are less fortunate than you in any format or way, whoever they are, whether you know them or not, Muslims or Kafir, even animals, Allah then will bring you. Because you left your home seeking someone to link you to Allah, Allah will find you that person. The best of mankind is the one who will bring benefit to mankind. That's the way it is for finding your way. That's the idea. And once you find the person who can guide you, the understanding is, is that you stick to learning. Nothing else. You learn. You study. You question. You take lessons. You take examples. Because at the end of the day, what you are looking for is the example. What you are looking for is the light that comes out of that example that can lit your heart for you to give you the opportunity to travel that journey. How long it will take? Only Allah knows. Allah said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهَدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا Those who will strive okay, to reach us, we will guide them into our path. Not in singular, but in plural. Meaning, there are different paths. Every one of us, Allah will make it easy for him to that which he has created him for. We're not all the same. I might do something fine so easy, my brother he finds it so difficult. He might be doing something and find it so enjoyable and I find it so boring. Every one of us have got his own. That's the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sunnatillahi walantajida li sunnatillahi tabdila. The sunnah of Allah and you will never find another way other than this sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah make it easy for us to appreciate, to understand, to be able to see, to be able to appreciate everything that we see and to listen for indeed the best of the people those who listen and the worst of those who are deaf dumb and blind doesn't mean literally the worst of the human being are those who are deaf dumb and blind not physical what allah means here indeed the worst of the creatures those whom, when you speak to them and tell them the truth, they are not listening. They said, we hear you, but they heard nothing. Because they were not listening. 
العمي okay? those who see the wrong but they rush to it and they see the right and they avoid it they see somebody falling who need to be given a hand to be lifted somebody begging who need to be given somebody is hungry who need to be fed somebody who is walking without shoes wanted but we turn a blind eye but we see where we can squander and we squander this is one of the advice to us as believers do not squander for indeed the squanderers are the brothers of the shayateen and do not overindulge in any case or form for indeed Allah never loves those who overindulge in any format think of others think of people who are less fortunate than you we are very fortunate Wallahi, we are so fortunate. So fortunate. Even this sitting we have here is from the pleasure of Allah. You can never have a sitting like this, even in Mecca. Only Allah knows how much lucky we are. We need to thank Allah for what He has given us. We need to really thank Him from our heart and to appreciate all His gifts that He has given to us and to appreciate that we are lucky to be in this position. Amen. Very lucky. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep this ni'mah and increase this ni'mah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to show that appreciation to others so that they can appreciate what we are and what we do. Everything that we receive is from Allah. If it is good, it's from Him. If it is bad, it's from our own initiation, from our nafs. May Allah forgive our sins and guide us into the straight path. May Allah give us tawfiq, success in this world and in the hereafter. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see the truth in everything we say and everything we do and keep us away. Indeed, if Allah loves us, Allah will always keep us in his path. And if Allah dislikes us or hates us, Allah will turn his face away from us. اللهم انظر إلينا بعين الرحمة اللهم انظر إلينا بعين الرحمة اللهم انظر إلينا بعين الرحمة اللهم إنك أنت رحيم اللهم إنك أنت أرحم الراحمين فيا رحمن الدنيا ورحيم الآخرة يا أرحم الراحمين ارحمنا يا أرحم الراحمين ارحمنا يا من أنزلت علينا القرآن رحمة وبعثت إلينا محمد رحمة وأنزلت علينا في هذه الرسالة المحمدية الإسلامية رحمة اجعلنا بها يا ربنا من الرحماء المرحومين واعتقنا بها واعتق رقابنا بها من النيران يا كريم اللهم رب استرنا باسترك الجميل اللهم يا رب استرنا باسترك الجميل اللهم يا رب استرنا باسترك الجميل واخرج من قلوبنا كل ما يسوء بينا وبأحوالنا يا كريم اللهم طهر ألسنتنا من الكذب وقلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وأبصارنا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وتقف الصدور ربي آت نفوسنا تقواها وذكها فإنك أنت خير من ذكها اللهم لإخواننا المسلمين I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى for all our brothers and sisters who are Muslims all over the world to remove all this suffering those who are hungry may Allah feed them those who are thirsty may Allah give them water those who are drowning from water may Allah remove their suffering those who are having calamities in their land may Allah remove the calamities those who need reminding may Allah remind them those who need strengthening for their faith may Allah strengthen them those who need knowledge may Allah give them knowledge those who are oppressed may Allah remove their oppression those who are suffering may Allah remove their suffering all the Muslims in Yemen and Bahrain and Iraq and Pakistan and those who are suffering, especially in Syria, may Allah remove the suffering. Those who are in Libya, may Allah sustain their life. And Qazafi, who have passed away, O oh Allah, by your knowledge, if he was among those whom 
you have put him in this position through your love you know about your state and his state that he was in wallahi if he was wrong you are off forgiving and if oh allah he has done that which deserve from you whatever you think is right for him you are the judge we ask Amen. of you to show mercy to those who are living Amen. and to show mercy to those who have passed away Amen. oh allah forgive our parents Amen. our grandparents Amen. and all their fathers to adam and all their mothers to hawa and our uncles and aunties our nephews and nieces our cousins and all those who are related to us our partners our children May Allah forgive them and guide them, strengthen them, the living, give them long life with obedience, the death. May Allah raise them to the highest, loftiest place in paradise. Amen. Wallah, heal all those who are sick. Amen. Give employment to all those who are unemployed. Amen. Repay the debt of all those who are indebted. Amen. Ya Rabbal Alameen, make it easy for all those who are seeking knowledge. Amen. And all the people of the world who are unaware of what is happening, May you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, show them the right way. And allow us to be the path that through which they can come to you. Allahumma hdina wa hdibina. Allahumma rabbi hdina wa hdibina. Allahumma rabbi hdina wa hdibina. Ud'anna min abidika al-mahdiyin. Al-hudat al-muhtadina ya kareem. Birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Allahumma inna nas'aluka ilman nafi'a. Wa qalban khashia. Wa nuran sati'a. Wa rizqan wasi'a. Wa shifa'an min kulli dawa al-ghina anil nas. Rabbi shirah sadurana. Yassir umurana. Iftahi Allahumma alayna futuha al عارفين العاشقين أذل اللهم عنا الهم والقم والحضن والكرب العظيم I ask Allah for all our brothers who used to be with us and no longer with us Oh Allah those who have passed away forgive them and raise them and those who are alive wherever they might be give them whatever they deserve and they want to have Ya Rabbal Alameen those who are visiting us tonight from wherever they come from return them back to their home in peace and give them dignity and give us tawfiq in this world and the hereafter. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala habibika al-mahboob, shafid ilal al-mufarraj al-kuroob, wa ala kulli man ilayhi mansoob. Subhana rabbika rabbil ilayhi amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha. Bismillahi r-Rahman r-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahman r-Rahim. Maliki yawm al-deen. Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'een. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqeem. Sirat al-lazeen an'amta alayhim. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين. I ask Allah for the مشايخ who are doing دعوة those who have passed away and those who are living in this land. I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى for the sheikh who used to come here regularly and make دعوة in this country. Sheikh Muhammad Ali Shah Karim Allah. May Allah bless his soul and raise him to the highest loftiest place in paradise. I ask Allah for the sheikh Muhammad Usman who used to come from Iraq and do دعوة in this country. Sheikh Usman Bashir. Bashir Uthman Bashir, who used to do da'wah in this country. And I ask Allah for Sheikh Abdul Qadir Al-Murabit. I ask Allah for Sheikh Nazim. I ask Allah for all the mashayikh who have brought people such as Sheikh Nuhkila. May Allah bless his soul. And Muhammad Al-Yaqubi. And the rest of the mashayikh who are standing on behalf of Rasulullah Sallam to fulfill the message of the deen. May Allah unite their heart. And may Allah guide them into the right path. And may Allah allow them to see the mission as Rasulullah has put it. As he says in the hadith, I came with it as clear as the daylight. 
May Allah allow us to see it that way. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim. Subhana rabbika rabbil azza amma yasifun. Salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Al-Rahmanirrahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-lazina na'amta alayhim. Ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim. Amin. Jazakhmu al-khair.